You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the point Bringing us into episode number 138 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris. Here are my guy, J-Dub. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And I know what everyone wants to talk about. Everyone's talking about the controversy. Everyone's talking about the Angel Reese controversy. So we're going to definitely start there. But we're also going to talk about the Western Conference and Eastern Conference playoff seedings, potential matchups, and what we want to see. But Jared, let's start with the Women's National Championship game, LSU. Louisiana State Tigers defeats Iowa in a matchup between two of the, you know, some polarizing players in women's ball, Angel Reese of LSU, Caitlin Clark of Iowa. Caitlin Clark out here doing her best Jokic impression, putting up crazy triple-double numbers. Angel Reese shut all that down, shut the noise down, and gave that, you know, that you can't see me, that John Cena right back to Caitlin Clark, and it's kind of stirred a lot of controversy among social media, some people called her an idiot, classless, things like that. But you can say the you know, name. I, you can say the name of the person that said it. I mean, we, it, we it, was a, for it was a certain guy that worked for his barstools, a certain guy that worked for um, Worse, ESPN. You know, he he runs it. No, 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 I'm, I'm not. T- I'm not necessarily talking about him. You know, a certain guy that that worked for ESPN, a certain guy that worked for MSNBC. Um, you know, a lot of big name people, putting a lot of their feelings out there in the ether and, and they're saying, Oh, it's not a racial thing. It's not this, it's not that. It's just a classless thing. But we all so, praise we, we praise the trash talkers. We love the trash. We love to watch, you know. But I think we get offended when certain trash talkers look a certain way, play a certain way. And so I Jerry, I want to start with you. Like give me your thoughts about the whole thing and and is this much ado about nothing for real? You know, I mean I didn't it took me to watch the video to really see what was going on. I didn't know that at first. I didn't know that Angel Reese had like followed her to do the tone thing. I just thought, like, you know, situation you, you hand in her face, then the ring thing. I didn't know she like basically followed her after the game was over to kind of like taunt. But who cares? Like, at the end of the day, that's that's the mentality you're supposed to have as a winner. <laughs> like, I, if Kayla if Carter did that on the other end, we would be have an issue. Because remember, Kayla Carter was taunted when she was winning their games when I was came back from a 15 point deficit. The round before when she was going crazy with her 40-point triple-double, like, it, it, it happened. Angel Reese is a girl that's averaged a double-double her entire season this year. That's crazy. Like, that's like that's unheard of to even do in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And then she did it as a woman in college basketball. Hooper, and she at was at any level. Ball. It doesn't matter if it's college ball, women's ball, men's ball. At yeah, any level for you to be averaging the numbers that she averages is crazy. Unless you're Jokic. Like, you're not doing Even if you're Jokic. <laughs> no, but like. Dude's a, him he, that dude's average at double double. But here's but here's the thing I, I think is is crazy. College is harder. You're not doing that in college. Like NBA, yeah, you'll average double double. College, like no college players aren't doing double doubles like that. Even the men's aren't. But getting, like the talent, the averaging. level of the level of talent is different in the. In, in the college. game, like, the game is so different. Like, the game slow is down. slower. The game is different. Women's but, is closer to the NBA than men's, but that's just because NCAA rules. Men's basketball is like 
the rules are just totally different. You know, the wait, half. Wait, 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 wait. Walk, walk that bit. Explain that and like explain that because I, I don't. They way you play basketball for women's basketball is closer to WNBA and NBA because they're trying to groom these women into going to WNBA. Whereas in men's college basketball, the rules were stipulated earlier before the NBA like start transitioning over to where there's the shot clock and the uh, 24 seconds and everything like that. And remember, NCAA men's basketball still has a 35 second shot clock. There's still two halves only. They don't split into four quarters. Fouls are a little bit different. Three-point lines pushed in a little bit more, but nobody's running a pick-and-roll offense in college because of the fact that everybody's running zone in a college. Based off in the NBA, there's still there's some zone in the NBA, but it's not a lot because you're manning up because you know for a fact there's too many shooters in the NBA to really try and go zone, whereas in college, you're not pulling that many threes because, again, in a 35-second shot clock, if you're not using up at least what? 27 seconds of it you're not utilizing the full time that you're supposed to have because you're trying to like really constrain the game more you're forcing these guys you're forcing your opponent to play as much defense as they can move around a lot because you're trying to get people tired whereas in women's college basketball they're a little bit closer to WA because four quarters they run they do run zone but this is a lot more manned up defense I like the way they run a lot of pick and rolls and stuff which is why injuries were able to dominate so often as well because she just capitalized on the pick and roll so it's like, again, that's the only transition I see is a little bit different. But that's why I said it's so much harder just still in college period to average a double-double when she was doing that. It's hard period to get a triple-double in college. Like, that's not something that you just say, oh, that, that's – anybody could do that. No. They're, your favorite superstar player wasn't getting a triple-double too much in the NBA. He was never doing that in college. Yeah, I think the, the, the men's game is different. But the thing about the women's game is that, like, the women – the top women – are so much better than the rest of the field, you know. Crazy. The NBA, the the cop, the men's game, the top guys, the, like the gap between the talent disparity is not as is not as like huge, you know. Like the no the top not. talent of women in the NBA. I'm sorry, in, in college it's, basketball, it's, it's night and day. It's so like the gap between like the top top and like the just middle of the pack girls. Not girls, but you know what I'm saying. Like I don't mean I, that. I get, what, I get what you're saying. The 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 talent disparity is crazy, right? No, so you look at it like like, like this Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese thing, whatever. I think it all depends on like how you carry yourself, right? I've I've played sports, Jared. You've played sports. We are competitive people, but we're competitive in different ways. I don't need to talk. Like I don't need to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not someone who I have to. Talk a lot, trash, and get in your face and get in your ear. That's not what I do. You know, like, I'm going to go out there and do what I got to do, and I'm going to let my results do the talking for me. And if that's not good enough, then that's on me. But I'm not going to be, like, you want to stop somebody from talking? Beat them. Period. You want to stop someone from saying what they got to say? Beat them. And this is just that simple. If you're a loser and you're talking trash, who cares? You're a loser. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if you're a some like the whole win with class, win with grace thing, it, it's to an extent. Like so soft. It's not like she went up and like mugged her or something like that, right? The ring, the ring thing, like come on. You don't know what, what interpersonal back and forth they still, had. They still shook hands you, at the end of the day. Like, you don't cool. know, you don't know their relationship. For you to be an outside, for you to look on the outside and see. Angel Reese do that to Caitlin. If Caitlin Clark did that to Angel Reese, would, 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 would we be having this issue? No. We would as, be having this conversation. Not as big as a would deal anyone be them. calling Caitlin Clark an effing idiot? No. Nobody. Would, I, honestly, you know what I'm saying? Like, asking, come on, they would even be at, like, 
Biden's wife wouldn't be asking both teams to show up. And that's another thing. To the White House. That's so dumb. That's so That's so dumb. Like, no, you don't, don't stop rewarding losers. You're you're demeaning what winning a championship means. I've never heard, I've never, I've never seen a a losing team invited to the White House. Oh, I want both of them to come. No, get out of here. That's junk. That's junk. It's junk. They wouldn't have done that if LSU lost. So that's so if LSU had beat South Carolina, that's a team so with a lot of black players and a black coach. And all. Would never invite South Carolina. Hell no. Stop it, man. Or Stop just it. if Iowa had won the game, they weren't LSU wasn't getting invited. Like, that's so corny. They told LSU to kick rocks in the bayou. That's just how it is. That's so – that was like the corniest thing I ever actually saw. I'm like, why would you – I hope like, Iowa doesn't accept. If they do, they're all losers. They losers. All losers. losers. And that, like, that's not that's not the way I would want to get out of here with this loserville, man. Like, they got the take your got, L, take your L, and go home. They got the draft coming up on Monday, mind you. I've been hearing things like some of these girls will be getting drafted, but might not actually be getting signed because of contract rights that's going on with the WWA. So that's hard to hear. But you're just like, man. If I'm one of my old players that potentially get drafted or potentially could go to WWA, I have no reason to go. To watch it for a kumbaya session with the team that just—I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No. We already shook hands. At the end of the day, if I'm cool with some of those girls, I'm friends with them. I'll see y'all in the summer when we grind and to go work out. I'm not about to exactly fresh Stop off it. a loss. I'm not fresh off a loss. By first first of all, first of all, I'm too. I'm not like if I lost in a competitive game and I put my oil into it. I don't want to go and. Be kumbaya and friendly and all that stuff with you right now. Like, go no, have man, your we lost. Right. Yeah, go, like, go have your moment. Like, I, like the Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Like, okay, we can shake. They have hands. to. See, they, they have to. Though. No, they, have they to. don't really necessarily have to. Here's my point. Kelsey, Jason Kelsey went and told his brother, go, go celebrate. Go. I don't yeah. go. Then they did their podcast the next week. Exactly. Yeah, take a week. Like, like, said, you hug, you, you cry, but that, they're brothers. That's totally different. I think that then they, I'm not going to, like, Curve stomp or chalk right there. I'm just like, all right, bro. You, just, you speak you for yourself. Coach. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I, I must be as happy for him as he would probably be for me if I was to win a championship. Yeah, but it, I get it. It hurts. It but I'm not. Like, if, imagine if like the Bidens invited the Eagles and Chiefs to a super to the uh, to their house if they win the Super Bowl. No, I'm not about to go shake hands. No. With and what, what are they gonna tell me? Hey, congratulations on making second place. Or you, you tried your hardest. I'm not about shaking. I don't want to hear that. You know? Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Want to hear that at all? At all? So I don't think they're gonna do it. I think that was like, that was just a poor sentiment to even reach out and try and do or get put together. I just that just looks bad on their on the Biden's part. If it's both of them, I just know the wife was a part of it. Her, calling injuries classless, whatever. I, I think the bigger issue for me was just that. Okay, I didn't know that she had, like basically hawked her down to go do the taunting. It doesn't. But all right, at the end of the day. If I'm taunting you when I win a championship, I got to commit to it as well. So I'm all for the trash talk. I think you got to commit to it. You committed to letting her know, one, I'll be back next year because she, she's only a sophomore. So she's basically saying, yo, I'm, I'm going to be here as long as you're here, I'm here. Two, she's like, man, this has been a culmination of all tournament. <laughs> like, Chris, this wasn't just two, three games. This is all tournament. Each team's been talking their talk. Every team's been trash talking. They've been at the pressers saying what they got to say. Doing their at pre pre game interviews, post game interviews, talking their talk. So what, what, at the end of the day, you in the heat of the moment, you gonna do what you gotta do. I have no issue with it. Again, calling her classes, just we see where the world's at. Even if you don't want to even bring race into it, we're just saying we're soft at this point. That's here's the soft. thing though, but here's the thing: Angel Reese is what twenty. 
2021? 21? 22? 21. Yeah, she's only a sophomore. Whatever. Right? Whatever. She might be 19. Who, who, who knows? As a sophomore? Come on, Chris. As a sophomore in college? Yeah, you ain't 19 as a sophomore in college. No way. What, how old do you graduate? How old are you when you graduate high school, Jared? I was 18. Okay. I was a freshman, 19. I was a sophomore, 20. Okay, who's? I mean, you assume as you. I mean, you could be a you could be a sophomore at nineteen. We don't that know when her birthday is. Crazy. What you mean is crazy? That's a nineteen year old sophomore is crazy. I mean, this, I'm just not crazy as the fact that it's crazy that she's that young. It's crazy. Think about her like career wise going into WNBA like a twenty three year old would be crazy. Like as, you know how good that is because you know you can't go into WA. I mean, bro, think about all the guys who. Who no, no, no. The, the WWE is different. You can't do. I'm t- you know what I'm saying. I get what you're saying, but I'm like WWE. You can't thing, just leave. Your whole thing was a 19 year old sophomore. Like it's out the realm. Well, of you could be one and done in in men's college basketball. Women's you can't be one and done. They don't let you do that. I so it's like man, how young that. a team will get her, knowing that she's already a bucket getter. That'd be crazy. Like that'd be very good for whoever team drafts her. Is what I'm saying. Anyway, the point being. If you're sitting up here arguing like, oh, she's classless and oh, she, then you're soft. You're soft. That's it. Like, just just be soft and be okay with being a loser. You have a loser mentality and you're a loser. Listen, we Period. know what team y'all bet for. That's all we get. We know what team y'all bet for. Losers. <laughs> they the type of people that like hate to get, like, they the type of people who talk a lot of trash and lose and don't like, oh, they sulk and get mad and cry and moan and complain and, you know, oh, it's not fair. Stop it. They're the opposite you of us. You live, if you're going to talk trash, you got to be able to take it. And Ch- Caitlin Clark talked a lot of trash. She took it. She understood what it was. So shut up. Everybody just shut up. Caitlin Clark was on air today talking about she, her and Andrew's actually cool. She had no problem with the trash talking as she would because she would probably done the same thing. She didn't say that on during her conversation in an interview. But, but we know we don't know what it is. I think she knew it. We knew what it meant. Like, I, I, for one, would have no – I think what would have potentially occurred if they were the if the, the roles were reversed, and they were the ones winning. Remember when the game previous, Angelisa got the ring, drawn Clark on her finger. Had, no, no, Caitlin Clark would have had a commercial with John Cena and on K Jewelers tonight. Well, I mean, tonight, I'm not worried about none of that. I'm talking about the but the taunting. No, I'm saying if she if Caitlin Clark would have done what Angel Reese did, she'd be on a commercial right now, doing the doing the you can't see me doing the, the ring thing. Stop it! Like I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I mean, I could care. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Like that's probably what would have occurred if race wise. Again, it's two different backgrounds, two different stories being told. Caitlin Carts being pegged as the next Paige Buker, which is, I mean, again, Paige is a phenomenal basketball player. When she comes back, oh man, we don't know what team's going to make it out of uh, the the college season next year. But so, it, I, I right now, I just feel like this whole conversation was blown out of proportion. Again, this is basically a, a Twitter thing that occurred. A tweet was made. Several tweets followed suit. And here, then it became a landslide. My, here's my thing. Everybody praises Jordan. Everybody loves Jordan. Jordan would have did that. Would, would people have said, oh, Jordan's classless. Jordan's this. Jordan's that. Jordan's ghetto. Jordan's. No, it's only because she's black and, and she's a woman. She's ghetto. Brady, Brady do it. He's competitive. He's fiery. Stop it, man. Just stop it. I mean, stop listen, moving the goalposts. We, for people we see how soft we see how soft it is now. It's not just in the 
college scene, NFL, and NBA scene too. NFL has a taunting. It's society. It's society. Everybody wants to be coddled. Everybody wants to be protected. Everybody wants to be, oh, don't don't hurt your feelings. No, toughen up. Toughen up. You're offending the player that you just caught a pick. Jerry, Jerry, here's my biggest thing, right? It's sports. We love the we love the characters. We love the people who, you know, everybody talk about John doing the gritty. Everybody loves Justin Jefferson who scores a touchdown. Who no one's no one's saying anything there. Right? Well, you, you're allowed to do those like what five second celebrations. You you could do that. Okay. Not allowed but to you get the other face. But you can't celebrate when you like all right. It's not it's, like it's, it's not all right, so listen, listen, listen. When Juju did that stuff after the Super Bowl. After this after the game. It's after the game. That was a little much. Like, uh, whatever. I, they won. So, I, here's I the thing, right? Game. Here's the thing. It's not like Angel Reese did it a week later and put it on social media and did all that. No, other she stuff. did it like, no. like 20, 30 seconds, a minute left in the she game. Did it they did right now. In the moment. Like, okay. In the moment. That's the, it's, a, it's a difference. It's a difference in circumstances. It's a different in, difference in. You know what they do and what she, whatever, so it, it's not an apples to apples straight up comparison. We just awarding too many people for. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Andrew Reese is the star of that team. Yes. I if if you if you if you playing left bench on LSU women's team, and now you you doing at the Caitlin Clark or whatever. That's a little like, all right. If you you a role player, then all right, yeah, that was different. But that's two stars going at it. If you're the Pat Bev of the LSU team, all right, now you you listen, I get it. No, 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 no. If you, if you like, huh, if you're the Furcon Corkmoss of the LSU women's team, then shut up. You're right. You know, keep your head in the sand, get your rig, cheer with your team. Be happy you here. All right, be happy. You participated, girl. Now that's that's a fair thing. That's a fair point to me. But that's not what occurred. It was two star players. That's like Katie and LeBron telling each other. You go, you going back and forth all game. You got it. You like this. The emotions run high. It is what it is, though. It I, is I, what I, it is. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, Angel Reese got that ring. Kate McCarthy and, and her cousin. And her cousin. UConn. Nasty. Jared, we, we talked about this last pod. You know, you you up there in Connecticut. How is the you know how was the fervor? How was the feeling? Uh, in Connecticut, around UConn's fifth national championship. That's so gross. Fifth national. They they probably one of the best franchises in college basketball history. But no, um, I, I mean, I personally haven't been around. The either. term is the term is programs, not franchises. Programs, yeah, for programs. programs. They don't want to call it franchise. That means they have to play the player. I apologize. Programs. Um, I mean, what I from what I've seen, they're going crazy over there in stores, Connecticut, or, or uh, maybe in Hartford, part of the Hartford I'm not from. Or I'm around, but man, they going crazy. I've seen some of the videos that made national media in the news. They, it, it's, it's, it's a different environment, you know. Seeing a lot of these people going crazy over this championship, but they, they, it's been a while for them. They've been having fun. I don't know when the parade is going to be. Hopefully, I can get in the work on time because, because you know, I will not be there to celebrate a Connecticut victory, though. I, I won't be doing that. But they, they've been. They, that was a win that was vastly expected. They did what exactly what they were supposed to do and win by 10 or more points. So whoever bet that, congratulations to you because I'm not allowed to bet Connecticut sports teams in Connecticut. So just sitting on money. They were just, ah, oh, we all could have won big, Chris. I did. Shout out to UConn. 
Thank you for putting some money in my pocket. But you look at the idea of, you know, Connecticut, and a lot of people were were on Connecticut early before the tournament started. A lot of the big names fell. They were supposed to fold. You know, they, you know, the teams that did fold were expected to fold. Gonzaga, (laughs) as usual. Um, but as someone who didn't pick Connecticut to win, I, I I wasn't really impressed with what they did in the regular season. They were like kind of up and down throughout the regular season. I don't season. know if you could say that. They were like undefeated for like the first 15 games. Yeah, but then they kind of hit this they hit this slide and then they weren't playing as well as they were previous. So it was you know, by proxy, when you're that high up, you have to kind of come down unless you run the table, and they didn't. Um, you look at the idea of their program in general, and you don't you now talk about UConn as one of the blue bloods of national of of, of the national programs, the 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 Dukes, the UNCs, the Kansases, the the top tier programs of you know the last thirty or so years. UConn is in that, that conversation. Uh, look at the all the, the the NBA talent that has come through you know UConn, you know Kemba. You talk about uh, Rich Hamilton. Uh, you talk about a lot of guys who are contributors in the NBA that came out of the, the Connecticut program. Let's talk about the guys who were in, at Connecticut, you know, like Emeka Okafor. Emeka Okafor was a beast in college, you know what I'm saying? He was. So, that was a good name. because uh, Didn't really do much in the NBA, but, you know, yeah, he was in Charlotte. He was in Charlotte. So. <laughs> Which is now what's happening to James Bucknight. Child, that's a UConn. Yeah. So, like, you look at the idea of, of Connecticut as a blue blood, you know, they lose um, Jim Calhoun. They go they have Kevin Ollie. You, you have these changes in the program, but you, you still are able to find ways to win. And, Jerry, talk to me about finding ways to win in the tournament, when especially when it's a one-and-done scenario. Man, Kansas State then. That, that was a team that I thought was going all the way. I'm talking about, what, the first player in eight, maybe ten years to get a 2020 game in college? Miles Powell? Man. The, phenomenal. Keontae Johnson, they did their thing. UConn just was a like that was a more poised team. Again, they, you, Chris talked about it a little bit, but you, you, you get your wins out, you get your losses out early, right? You, you start off the season hot, you cool off a little bit, and then boom, you're back. Whereas teams that just go undefeated, there's too much pressure on them, as you can see from the Gonzaga team, the Carmel, the Towns, Kentucky team. There's too much pressure to just go undefeated through a, a collegiate season, where you you don't know what losses like, you don't might not even know being down in a half or in a quarter or in, or in minutes of the game is like, so yeah, you, you got fought back. They, they, the deficit was, they were up, I think like 1.20 game brought down to eight, went back up 15 game with the six. And then, you know, they handled business and won by about 12 to 14 points, but they were, it was, there were margins where you're like, okay, I can see the dominance and they put, they took their pedal off the, their foot off the gas a little bit, but man, you got, they, they won what was arguably one of the, wildest and weirdest collegiate tournaments we've seen for March Madness. Like, none of the top-ranked teams, except for, like, UConn, had, were lasted. Like, they had every, Duke, gone. You're talking about Texas, gone. Houston, gone. Alabama, gone. Purdue, gone. And you're just like, wow, this was this was anybody's year, essentially. That's what this became, anybody's year. And it was, it was a great year to watch college basketball if you're a fan. For those that just hopped in for the betting purposes, well, it's still a yeah. great year for you if you yeah. bet the underdogs. Some some guys who walked and walked in for the betting purposes, I ain't gonna say no names, Jared. But uh, I feel like you were I feel like you were mad disrespectful I'm a to the Villanova to, fan. Whatever, I'm, I'm locked into college basketball. Any any Nova, but anyway, any no, you're crazy. I can't I can't root for Nova. You should. 
I I did not go to Nova. I went Philly's to a, finest. I went to a rival. They're not even in Philly. Philly's finest. They're not even in Philly. Best school at Philadelphia. They're not in Philly. One of the greatest college stories is Jalen Brunson. Just putting it out there. Are you done? I'm just look at what Jalen Brunson has done for himself. Are you done? Phenomenal basketball player. Are you done? Too bad he plays for the Knicks. Are you done? You just a hater. You just can't find nobody you like. Are who, you who, done? What do you like? Are you done? I, I'm, I'm finished. All right. Go ahead. Speaking Go ahead. of Jalen Brunson, let's talk about the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, the Knicks currently in the playoffs. Yes, because yes. of Jalen Brunson. Currently, yeah. <laughs> See? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? I gave you that. I said okay. No, no, no. But what, you what? said okay like, ah. He was like, ah. It's he not all the I mean, it's, it's you got to spread the love around. It's, it's some Tibbs. It's some Brunson. It's some Quickly, who may be the sixth man of the I'll, year. I'll some, Julius, some Julius Randle. We're over him, Chris. You know that. You know that's not our guy no more. <laughs> that, that man. Speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. <laughs> oh, you're still, you're still, you're still believing that Randle can get it done, huh? Speak At least when we went to the playoff series, right? I don't know about it. Depends on who they fight. <laughs> but you look at the Cavs. They'll be playing the Cavs first round. Yeah, so that I think it's going to be a very interesting series, Jared. You know, Knicks, Cavs, they have a lot of different matchups. Cavs have a lot of bigs, but they also have good, talented guards. Knicks have have the guard potential, have the talent. You know, if you put Quickly and Brunson out there at the same time, you can also spell them. You have Toppin off the bench. You have, you know, Mitchell Robinson if you want to get back to full strength. You got Randall. You have pieces in place. So, Jerry, that's one of the, the many potential matchups you can see. What is your uh, the matchup that you're looking for the most coming into the playoffs on both sides, in the East or necessarily in the West? In the East, the matchup I'm looking forward to the most, the Celtics versus the Heat. That'll be the two and the seven. What's that, the conference finals rematch, essentially? That's, that's, assu- that's assuming that the Heat end up seven after the play-in and everything. I think they will because I don't think the Hawks – again, the East is more locked in than people are realizing. The Hawks are at 39-39 They're sub-500. Like, they're literally at 500. I don't think there's a way – like, with the remaining schedule, the Heat playing the Pistons tonight, that's going to be a win. You have – I don't know who the Hawks are playing tonight, but you look at what, what a team like the Bucks, they're playing the Wizards tonight. The Bucks are going to win, solidifying the one seed. Like, teams are just going to solidify their wins to go keep that one to two-game margin – where now the East is locked in, like the Sixers are locked in at the third seed, right? So it's like if they're locked in at the third seed, the only teams you're really worried about is, the, is like Chris is saying is the fourth through the ninth or fourth through 10 because of the plan. But I don't see any of these teams really shaking up where they're going to change that outcome when the Knicks have what a th- two and a half game lead over the Nets. The Nets have a two game lead over the Heat and the Heat have a two game lead over the Hawks. There's just, there's only about a week of basketball left. I think the games are finally over on Sunday. There's not enough time left, I don't think. I just don't think there's enough time left for these teams to do it. So I, that's a matchup I want to see. I don't know, like, again, I only want to see the matchup because I think the Heat or Jimmy Butler turns a switch on when the playoffs start. Right? Like you can see he doesn't really take it. He's not fully serious or locked in until the playoffs start. There's a team that can give the Celtics a run for their money, exactly how they did it in the conference finals or any other matches that they had previous to that. And then, Chris, you asked me about the Western Conference. Western Conference is too shaky. But if they're talking about just right now, a team, two teams I'd love to see go neck and neck is the fourth seed Suns and the fifth seed Clippers. That's going to be a series, especially if Paul George was to make his return in that series at some point, maybe by game two, essentially. You're talking about Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, Aiton versus Russell Westbrook, who's kind of now been reignited again for the second time of this season. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Zubak, and then you're walking that. That entire bench roster that this the Clippers team has like just 
produced and, and created this for this season and this run that they're trying to make. I think that'd be a crazy matchup in the first round. Kawhi versus KD is like what we would all want to see. We're talking about just two teams that have two superstars that have won championships. I just think that's like the best matchup of the first round. I can be convinced or can be persuaded that it might be what Lakers Grizzlies for the two and seven. Like that's huge. Um, Kings and Warriors. Chris was absolutely correct. I think our first ever episode for the NBA this season, Chris said the Kings are making the playoffs. I said, I vehemently denied it. They've done it. Not only have they done it, they solidified the third seed. That's three seeds. That's now, now, Jerry, we were going to save this since you mentioned it. I still have our predictions right here on our desk. I feel like we had we had it right with the Lakers at seventh, right? Not unless we said fifth. Um, you had we both had the Lakers at ninth. Oh well, they're still in the play in, but ninth is playing. You, you, you I didn't had, think bad, bad. You had you had Portland in the playoffs. I did. They 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 ruined me completely. Just just, just looking at what they've done. Stink. However, yeah. I had Dallas win in the West, so. Ooh, yeah, you extremely. Who did I have one in the West? The Clippers. Ah, uh, and they folded too. Clippers. Who did we have? So go one through eight, just in general. All right, like, so one through eight, you had in the West, you had Clippers, Denver, Golden State, Memphis, Phoenix, Dallas, New Orleans, Minnesota at eight, and then Lakers and Portland in the play-in at uh, mm-hmm. nine ten. I had Dallas one, New Orleans two, Denver three, Clippers four, Memphis five, Golden State six, Phoenix seven, Minnesota eight, uh, Lakers nine, and Kings ten. All right, so we were close. You were way off with the Pelicans at two and Mavs at one. Yeah, you I was were, way off with that. You was being, you was being, you, know, you went all in on Luka. I respect it. You went all I did because I thought Luka was going. I thought Luka was going to make a play uh, MVP push, and if Luka was going to make an MVP push, they were going this, to be. That was they the were time. going to be the one seed. Um, obviously, we said this not knowing, you know, the trades that ended up happening. However, meant, you know, the seeding, I was kind of. I mean, Clippers are four. Clippers are five. Clippers are five, so I mean, but there's a there's like one game that separates like four and ten, so like yeah, anything can happen within the last week. So we'll definitely we'll revisit this and give ourselves the official grades next week on next week's podcast. And then um, it, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Playing is seven through ten, right? Seven through ten, yes. So the Thunder have the team that we did not expect has Thunder. actually made the play in again. Though Shy say Shay Gills Alexander, most improved player. I've said it on this pod. Man's phenomenal. I take him over a lot of NBA players today. Man, that team's going to be so good when they get, like, Chet and they figure out how to get, like, a veteran piece in there. Thunder's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, they're Mavs be, have they're a lot of work to do. They're going to be good. The Mavs need defense. Like, they have enough shooters. Absolutely. In a they big. Need, they need I, mean, I guess defender. that entire with defense, too. They need defenders and they need a big. Like, horrendously bad. But then, Chris, this is what I talked about. I think I said it to when Barton was on the show, and I also said it, I think, when Borg was on the show. The Dallas Mavericks, to my to my philosophy, the issue with the Mavericks isn't that they can't be a good basketball team, right? Like they they somehow build a collective roster around a guy like Dirk, and they did it again, a guy like Luca last season, and kind of sort of this season, but they sacrificed the defensive pieces they had to bring in Kyrie, right? The issue is what always I think becomes an issue is them. Do people want to play in Dallas under Mark Cuban? We hear good things about Mark Cuban, but do people actually want to play for Mark Cuban? DeAndre Jordan reneged on the contract. You hear that they were trying to go after Andre Drummond. That never happened. Their biggest signing essentially was either, yeah. if you want to consider the trade and the signing of Porzingis, or them getting Chandler Parsons was their actual biggest signing they've ever done in the past in the franchise in the past what six years. 
no free agents are really coming in. They're right. only doing trade pieces, and they lost out on Brunson. So what are they? If they, I think their main obligation has to now try and be to really retain Kyrie Irving because I think the Luke and Kyrie pairing can work. I've seen the offense; it flows. Right, mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. it's not like Kyrie doesn't play Luke, Luke doesn't play off Kyrie. It's just that, that that Chris said the defense is bad. But what free agents can they really bring in? I think the name of Kyrie maybe helps, but is this become more of an organizational issue where guys like name free agents just don't want to play in Dallas when they can just go play in other markets? Is it the coaching that they just don't want to play with? Is it the owner himself like what i don't know why nobody wants to play in dallas like no free agent wise besides like maybe a couple role players that are getting their bags don't want to play there and that's what's baffling me because you're talking about an organization that has so much potential they just can't bring in free agents i think the idea of playing with luca not necessarily playing under mark cuban mark cuban's not on the floor mark cuban owns the team and i get understand that but can you play with luca Mm-hmm. Because Luca does so much, you don't want to stunt what he does to do it. Like a Drummond is a perfect signing for the Mavericks. They could use Andre Drummond. For like Andre, Drummond Andre Drummond would make a world of difference for the Mavericks because he provides inside, you know, inside threat. He also can rebound the ball. He can also move. He can, you know, he's not gonna. You don't need to give him you know, run the offense through him. You know, he can get his points on putbacks and easy layups and whatever the case may be. Pick and roll, he can move. You can you can flow with Kyrie. You can flow with Luka. You can you don't necessarily need to focus on him. You know what I'm saying? He can do all the dirty work, and he can bang with, you know, the guys in the West that the Mavericks don't have. And you can still use a Christian Wood. You can still use a Maxi Kleber. You can still use these guys when you want to play five-out ball. Like, it's not the end of the world, but they definitely need an Andre Drummond type. Yeah, and then another team that was surprisingly lackluster, not by fault of their own, just by injury, is the Pelicans. Chris had him at two. I had him, I think, pretty high as well, like fifth or sixth. There's no indication that Zion Williams will be making his return. We don't know what's going on with him again. But at this point, he's becoming to the point where the injury is just too severe. We don't know. Like He might need to actually shed more pounds than what we thought mm-hmm. he would need to shed. But his injuries have taken a toll. He hasn't played basketball in, what, three months? Since maybe Christmas, maybe? Something like that, yeah. Did he even play the Christmas game? I don't remember him. Like, I don't know when the last time he was hurt before Christmas. So it's like, this is now two seasons straight of him missing a severely ample amount of basketball time where this team made their crazy good run in the postseason last year when they traded for CJ McCollum. They played good ball to start this season off where we had them at, they were like a third seed at one point. Chris was Mm -hmm. like, look at this team. I'm telling y'all. And that was because they had Ingram, CJ, and Zion. And as soon as yeah. Zion leaves, it dips off because you're losing a huge chunk of defense and a phenomenal phenom all-star that can score the ball at will. Yeah, but you look at look at look at how Brandon Ingram has been playing the last couple of weeks. You know, like he's been phenomenal. CJ's, you know, putting his putting his uh putting his his usual twenty or so points in. But Brandon Ingram has taken his game to the next level. And it's also taken New Orleans to the next level in the last couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like you have the idea of putting a Zion with a Brandon Ingram that's playing like that. You have you know pieces around him. You have young guys that can move, that can play, that could that could be physical. You have Herb Jones, you have Trey Murphy, you have pieces in play. So the potential is there. Maybe I was a year ahead on the potential of New Orleans. But it all comes down to health. Like, if Zion cannot play, if Zion cannot stay healthy, that team isn't really going to go anywhere. At all. And then this is the last 
team I want to talk about. I'm gonna play a little game. But this we talk about trash talk in this episode, right? One of the biggest trash talkers in the NBA plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, named Dylan Brooks. Does he back it up? It's questionable. I mean, I don't think he's bad. He's a very good defender. He hoists up a lot of shots. It when there's games where he'll drop a 20 bomb or 25-ish. But he's more he's more of a 14 points per game guy that will play very good defense. He can guard one through four, in my opinion. Right. He's a great defender. My question to you is, this is something we talked about in the previous episodes as well. This Grizzlies team is a team that we think doesn't have what they need to win yet because they act like they already have won something when they haven't yet. Dylan Brooks has now become a catalyst of the team more so than Desmond Bain this season, right? Like this season, the storyline has been more Dylan Brooks and Ja and, and Jaron Jackson and has been Desmond Bain, Ja, Jaron Jackson, et cetera, et cetera. Chris, Dylan Brooks, do you think he's the key focal point that might help the Memphis Grizzlies maybe make a conference finals run this year? I'm no. not talking about key focal point. I'm not talking about the fact that he might give you 23. I'm talking about just his energy and defense. Do you think that'll be what the catalyzes this team? No, the, I, catalyst, I the catalyst for this Memphis team is Jaron Jackson Jr. Ooh. Beyond a doubt, it's Jaron Jackson Jr. If Jaron Jackson Jr. is able to bang with the bigs, because he's still athletic enough that he can outrun most of the, the, physical, the more physical big-bodied bigs, um, he can put up 20 and 10 on any given night. If he's able to tra- play to his full potential on offense, he already has the defensive stats. He's already, you know, he's a, a, blo- a shot blocker. He's a he's a, a menace in the paint. If you have Jaron Jackson at all, you know, firing on all cylinders, you pair him with Ja, you pair him with Bain, you pair him, then you, then you add Brooks into the mix, then I think that team is much better. You know, you put him with Adams when Adams is healthy. And then that, I think that team has significant potential. The problem is, like you said, they act like they've been there before. Mm-hmm. And not in a good way. They act like they, they've they won four titles and they act like they, they run the league and they don't. They haven't. What has Memphis won ever? This is an honest question. They haven't won anything. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even you know, know what I've the conference finals. They haven't won anything. So... They need to, and, and Taylor Jenkins, their head coach, has said this, they need to, you know, get back to who they are, but they can't let, you know, they can't let emotion, they can't play with reckless emotions. You know, it's one thing to play emotional ball, you're fired up, things like that, but you can't let that overtake what you do. And what they do is when they get real pressurized and somebody's in their head, they unravel. So when they get rid of that, then I think that's when they'll reach their full potential. Until then, no. And and the problem with that, the problem with that is a lot of that comes down to Dylan Brooks. You take Dylan Brooks off. There it is. You you, you, you know, like you you got to it. You, you got to what need to be said. You get to him, and once he starts to shake, that whole team is going like be shaky. You know what I'm saying? Because he again. is, you know, he is the emotional, I guess he is the emotion the emotional thermostat of the team. You know, like you know, like when Jalen Hurts was talking about being, the, you know, setting the temperature and things like that. It ain't great. Mm. J- Dylan Brooks, you know, like all, all you think, all you need to know about Dylan Brooks is watch him and Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. <laughs> Completely unnecessary, uncalled for nonsense. That was Russell Westbrook. Exactly. That was not necessary. But a young guy and a young team doing something stupid. And that could cost them in a playoff series. If they end up playing a team like Phoenix, they end up playing a team like Golden State, they play a team like Denver. Come on, man. Like, 
All it's going to take is one little, one little thing to set a Dylan Brooks guy like that guy off, and you've already beat Memphis. You've already beat him. Ja's going to get what Ja gets. But Ja, we don't know what's like. We don't know what issues he has mentally. We don't know if he can stand up to the pressure. We don't know. We know that we know that certain guys are re- just ready to fold at any given moment. I think Memphis is is um, there are a lot of guys on that team that will fold at any given moment. But if you ask me of the team, who other than Ja needs to be firing at all cylinders and not let the outside noise and whatever other factors get to them, Jaron Jackson Jr. is that guy. Defensive player of the year, potential. Most improved player, potential. But, I mean, if Shea, if Shea Gibson Alexander was averaging like 45 a night, I would definitely say Jaron Jackson Jr. would be the most. You could put him on the, he's going to be a, a, a finalist for sure. But, like, of those guys, you ask me, what have, how do you beat Memphis? You put your head down and you attack Dylan Brooks. And once he collapses, you've got that team beat, in my Let's opinion. Let's play a game, Chris. I'm going to give you some players. I think Dylan, I think you're right. I think Dylan Brooks has to – he's going to be the reason they, that they're going to lose again. They got to get rid of him at some point, right? Like, this team needs something. We're talking about teams that are years away. We're, I'm trying to say the Grizzlies are a year away. They have the roster. They just got to get rid of Dylan Brooks. I'll give you a name. You I don't have to get rid of him. They need to rein him in. Like, he needs to be reined in. Who would you rather have? Okay. The addition. Dylan Brooks and this guy. Dylan Brooks and Jerry Vanderbilt. We're going to stick in the West. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks or J.D. McDaniels from the Timberwolves? Dylan Brooks. Because Dylan Brooks is not a bad player. He's yeah. just an idiot sometimes on the court. Dylan Brooks or Jonathan Kaminga? Dylan Brooks. Wow. I like Kaminga, but I think, I think Kaminga... I think Kaminga benefits from being on that on that Warriors team, just like Wiggins. Like if you take we've seen Wiggins out of that environment, mm. Wiggins in that environment looks exponentially better than Wiggins outside of that environment. I think Kaminga benefits a lot from being in that environment. Dylan Brooks or Lugans Dort? Lou Dort is if you put Lou Dort on that Memphis team, I uh, see Lou Dort has the the physical tools, the defensive prowess. Just like Brooks does, but Lou Dort doesn't have the same like emotional issues. I think that Dylan Brooks does. Like, I I'm not saying emotional issues as in like it's bad to have a guy like that on your team. Like you've heard me bang the table for the Sixers to go get Pat Bev for years. You have, but in doses. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like it, it depends. It's it's a situational thing. I think Memphis needs. Like I think Memphis needs a second guy. That's well, I, like I. Well, I think Jaron Jackson can be that guy, but he's not it yet. Like if Jared, if Memphis had a second veteran, you know, veteran co-star that could kind of keep that team centered, I think Brooks would be so much better off. I think they all be better off. But Dylan Brooks or Trey Murphy. Dylan Brooks. And then last one, I know I said I was gonna keep in the West, but this is a player you you're fond of. Dylan Brooks or Scotty Barnes. I like Scotty Barnes, man. See the thing about a little bit too much, a little bit too much. So here's the thing, all right. I might hate a lot of guys, but I got I I I like a lot of guys. I probably shouldn't pause. That sounded worse than (laughs) you. That sounded terrible. But in context, listen, like y'all 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 accuse me of being a Tobe Homer, and I like Tobias Harris, 
You but I, I know he's not the guy. Like, I know he's not the guy. But I root for certain guys because I, I see the potential. It, it just might, it may never come to fruition. So, Dylan Brooks or Scotty Barnes? Scotty Barnes. Dylan Brooks or Tobias Harris? I just want to throw his name out there since you mentioned him. <laughs> Now we got to. Now you have to throw his name out there. You mentioned him. Uh, uh, on that team? Uh, okay, okay. team? I'm just talking about on what team? Player for player, who you taking over? Yeah, Who? I, I take Dylan. You think it's Dylan with Tobias Harris? Wow. Tom got a terrible contract, man. Terrible. <laughs> Speaking of the Sixers and the terrible contract, Chris, what, do you, what are your expectations for the Sixers, knowing that? Oh, no, I'll I, I, I cut you off right there. Call me after the second round. We, we're looking like we're going to be playing Boston in the second round because I think we play okay. the Nets first Okay, round. call me after the second round because right now I think the Sixers are going to get – we've seen this movie, ladies and gentlemen. We've first seen First round Nets. First round we first, win the Nets. First round in five. Second round get the ass kicked in six games. <laughs> we've seen this movie, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's going to be Buck Sixers in the finals. Oh, in the conference finals. I'm sorry. Finals. You think the Sixers have beaten Boston in a seven-game series? I think we had a chance to. I think we were no, having a real no, shot. No, no, I didn't ask if they let's, had a let's, chance. Let's, let's, hear me out. Hear me out. What's, what's the percentage, Jared? The percentage we beat Boston in a conference in the, in the semifinals? In a seven-game series. 40-60. 60 is them, 40 is us. That's better than last year where I would have said, oh, man, they got us 80-20. More like 80, us. That's more like 80-20. No, 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 no. Because hear me out. Hear me out. Listen, listen, listen. You're talking about the Sixers now fully healthy, integrated. The hamstring, Harden, or I, I forgot what Harden's injury is at the moment, but calf and B getting healthier. Tobias is back. You lock Maxi, Harden, Tobias. Harden has, Harden has an Achilles, Achilles injury. Achilles, which, which, again, as long as it's not torn, he's probably playing on a, a soft injury where it's not soft, but it's more like you can feel it. it he has to ice it in the heating pad a lot, but it's going to be there. It's lingering. It, it will recover, but you just can't do anything strenuous, which means you, know, you have to kind of sit a little bit in basketball or take a couple plays off. Because he was playing a little bit harder before the injury. He'll get back to that come the first round of the playoffs. He'll work himself back into that shape. Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure? No, no, we've, seen, we've seen this movie from James Harden. The offense is much better. He can't dribble. He can't do anything if he's I hurt. think the offense is better. And Harden is now taking more advantage of certain matchups that we didn't see before. He wasn't really driving to the basket as much before. In the mid-range like, game, I like with the pick and roll and B, is worked out swimmingly, right? Before Harden wasn't even willing to shoot the midi, which never even correlated to me. But when they first, when Hardy first was playing with Dwight Howard, remember that first year where he kind of just elevated his game? We were seeing him taking so many more mid range shots that first year away from the Thunder. That's kind of what the Sixers kind of, kind of co opted to, where he's still taking his threes, but the mid range shot is working for him. The bench is what we're worried about. I, this is the bench locked in for me as, as a Sixers fan, what Doc should be doing. First off the bench, DeAnthony Melton. Then you have Jalen McDaniels, not to say Jalen McDaniels, Shake Milton. I'm gonna go with Paul Reed and Daniel House. Those, are the, if we're going to ten man rotation, those are the five you lock in. The Yang is cool. You had your moment, but it's over. We've seen we've seen enough of you now to know when the playoffs come. One, you're a defensive liability. We already have enough of that as is. If you're not hitting your shots, and we can't really utilize you because you don't have any other offensive bag in your toolkit. I, I love what we saw from you throughout the season, but. When playoffs come, they hone in on the weak link. He's going to be that weak link guy. Those five guys will be key off the bench. Melton has been phenomenal with any unit of the Sixers roster. Any unit. Starting bench, he just plays his role so well. Shake's been streaky, but Shake's been having a good year this year. I'm not the biggest Shake fan, but I do support the fact that he's really bought into this season and tried to just play his role and play his game. 
house in these last month? Didn't know he had this still in him. Three and D guy, he's hitting his corner threes, and he's still taking it to the cup. But the biggest improvement that we've really seen besides the acquisition of getting McDaniels and how he's played as a guy that can guard the three through five is Paul Reeves has been playing phenomenal, and I think he solidified the backup bid spot. As Chris would say, we shouldn't see Deadman on the court, and I, I think Montrose Harrell's still on the roster. I shouldn't see Montrose Harrell. I should be seeing Paul Reed as the first guy up, and unless he's in foul trouble, which he's even reined in on that, which is something we complained about completely, he's reined in on the foul trouble. Paul Reed should be the first big off the bench to give Embiid a breather, and he's doing his job swimmingly, picking rolls with Harden, getting offensive rebounds, pushing it when he has to run in transition with a maxi at the two-man game, or he's running with Dandy Mellon. This is a, we have a better roster than we've had presently constructed for the past two seasons. I think we have a fairly good shot of making it to the conference finals. I know, again, five versus the Nets. I think we beat the Nets in five. They're a newly formed team. They made the playoffs based off of the, the one, the record that they already had with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But two, you know, the East has been kind of slim pickings lately when you come to the teams that we thought were going to be better or teams we thought were going to be worse have been doing where they should be. I thought the Bulls would be a little bit higher. So too is the Hawks, but they just haven't been. So Chris, I think the series have a very real shot at the conference finals. Very real shot. Do I think we can win the finals? No, not right now, but maybe we'll talk about that later when we do predictions and stuff like that when I see a little bit more. But right now, I think we have a very real shot at the conference finals. <laughs> oh, there we go. Look at that. I can't. How you? How do you do this to your team? <laughs> you have hope. I have to. Hope. Fan of the Sixers. I gotta Jared, have hope. Jared, Listen, you gotta have hope in your team. Jared, do I need to remind you what I saw with my own two eyes live at the Wells Fargo Center when the Sixers, the Philadelphia 76ers, the team that you're just talking about making a conference final for the first time in 22 years. Do you know what they did? They blew a seven-game series against the Hawks. We did do that. A 26-point lead against the Hawks. But that was with your guy, Ben Simmons. You know, no, 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 no. Hold on, you hold support on. him for the long. I don't care. I don't care. You don't have that guy no more. You're talking about a team that couldn't beat the Hawks, but you expect them to have a 40% chance to beat the Boston Celtics, a team that team just went to the finals? Better team this year. The Boston Celtics going through a little turmoil of their own right I now. You know, storyline, little turmoil of their own. Okay. You know what? I'll believe it when I see it. That's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not guaranteeing it. Like, I'm not doing no Charles Bradley guarantee it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying we got a good shot of making the conference finals this year. The Boston Celtics turmoil helps out a little bit. The injury to a, uh, Chris Middleton helps out the Sixers a little bit because you see that right now he's still not fully healthy. And then the bottom half of the Eastern Conference, Chris, is what? Cavs, Knicks, uh, Nets, Heat, Hawks. Like, a lot of the teams that we would have played earlier on were going to – I wouldn't want to right now play a Cavs team in the first round, right? I think they just match up too well with the Sixers. The Nets – they kind of match up, but it's it's not a match. It's a matchup that's more favorable for the Sixers because one, they really have the greatest of playoff experience because they just really just got put together. Mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges, I know, is playing phenomenal ball, then over product, phenomenal basketball. But I just don't think that's poised to take them deep into a playoff run. I think they just they're just happy to be there. You know what I'm saying? That's a team that's just happy to be there. That's a good first round for the Sixers to 
get acclimated for the playoff atmosphere that they need and get some wins under their belt. Whereas Boston's going to have a tough time playing the Heat. The Heat is no slouch. I don't know if I can say that the Bucs are going to have a tough time playing the Hawks. That might be a clean sweep the way the Hawks have been playing basketball, Chris. It might be a clean sweep. But I don't think it's going to be an easy time. I think they're going to sweep them, but it's going to be hard fall games if Trey Young and Jesse Murray get it going a little bit. So that just gives the Sixers a good chance when they go and play Boston. Second round, the Boston Celtics are going to be banged up going against the Heat, right? You still have the Jalen Brown issues that seem to be occurring where Jalen Brown's still playing good basketball, but you're hearing the rumor mills that's surrounding the team with how he had to kind of reach out to a Tatum if, if they were going to trade him for KD. He's been ignoring some of the press conferences where he's like, yeah, man, we had a great team win, or him and Tatum are cool. The racist questions that have been asked to him, he's kind of avoided those a little bit, right? So we don't know how that's going to carry into a playoff atmosphere where you need your team to be fully unified, and right now that team doesn't seem fully unified. So I, I just, I'm factoring all these little these little pieces into the puzzle. You know what I'm saying? You just got to put them down and fit the puzzle out nicely. 22 years is crazy. Though. We got to make a conference finals, right? The six, the Eagles just made the uh, Super Bowl in which Chris believed that we weren't making the Super Bowl. Chris said it multiple times until we got there. And then he was like, I do all along. You know, that's what Chris I didn't, say, I didn't say that. I didn't say I knew all <laughs> Look along. Look at you smiling so hard. I didn't say I knew all along, though. But you were you you were like man. I, will, I was rooting for them. Yes, I will not say I wasn't rooting for them. But you but had I never outwardly said yeah they were. I never made a declarative statement. I didn't think I made a declarative statement either. You did I, for the finals. I'm not making for the Super Bowl. You did. I think I probably did because I think every year. I, I here's every year here's the thing, right? The Eagles, first class organization, <laughs> know how to do things the right way. Put the right pieces around their superstar. Have has a coach in in place that knows what he's doing. This is Sixers, pretty removed of you saying how we were a horrible organization because we fired Doug Peterson. The Sixers, <laughs> these guys, please, please. please. Where's Zaire Smith? Oh gosh, I for, I, you can't even forget that. What are you, the know, worst you, know, you know they traded Zaire Smith for Mikel Bridges. We did trade Mikel Bridges for Zaire Smith. You know if they had oh. Mikel Bridges right now, they wouldn't need Tobias Harris. They wouldn't need Tobe. But you know what? The Sixers are an unserious organization. And it's been unserious since Wilt left. So I don't want to hear anything they got to say. We're Go serious with AI? <laughs> no. AI was serious. Look AI at that was team. serious. Look at that team around AI. Horrible. Horrible. Come on, oh, man. Stop it. That's probably the worst, one of the worst finals teams ever. With you know, one of, no, it might be the worst. Like, so, somebody so, will argue against us, but they might be the worst. I, I mean, okay, you can argue between them and the 07 Cavs or whatever. I don't care. Yeah. They stink. The team, the, the organization as a whole is flawed from top to bottom, starting from ownership on down, starting with that proposed move of the arena to Center City. It's dumb. The, the organization is dumb. And until they win something in my lifetime that I can see with my own two eyes, I, you will not hear me make a declarative statement about the Philadelphia 76ers until they at least make it to the conference finals. Get out the second round, and then we'll talk. It's going. It's, it's potentially going to happen. I can't even confirm it's going to happen. I'm so – you can't. Because they stink. Yeah. The Eagles, I can kind of confirm. So I can confirm. We, the we, Eagles, we're... I could see that. I could see it. <laughs> could they see played it. a certain way. They, they, you know, they had the pieces. I could see that. The Sixers, the Philadelphia, even the Phillies. I was, I was, I called them bums 
You did. I caught them bums, and then they took off and was hot. Mm-hmm. When has mm-hmm. the Sixers gotten hot? You were not rooting for the Phillies until we were like, when has this show me something? And then I'll buy in. The Sixers have shown me nothing but the same thing I've seen for the past five years. False hope. False hope. So you talk to me when they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then we can talk. We're going to come back to this conversation when Chris is going to be super ecstatic. We're going to see. If they make it it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You'll hear me say these these guys might win the title. You'll hear me say that. But until we get to that point. <laughs> so, Jared, before we wrap everything up, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, nah, man. I think you've said enough about the Philadelphia teams. I don't you want to talk no, about I have team. not. Before we wrap it up, you're defending National League champions, start the season 0-4, and, and have gotten their behinds kicked every game. Every game. It's been it, bad. The Phillies are back in midseason form being bums. Being bums. What did you expect without Bryce Harper, though, Chris? Like, what what do we really expect when you're missing one of your best players? So we're not going to talk about the Phillies until they win a game. I I respect that. I respect that tremendously. All right. Thank you. So thank y'all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, tell a friend to tell a friend to to apply to Temple University and not to Villanova because it's not in the city of Philadelphia. (laughs) Uh, we're Listen. still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes, so if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Make sure you follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials. That's at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore Jada Hughes. If you're a five-star athlete out of Philadelphia, don't sign the Temple. Honestly, Villanova potentially for basketball, but don't, go to a school that values you and wants you to go pro. Go to Kentucky. Go to Alabama. Go to Georgia. Especially Georgia. Two-time rated champion. Hold on, hold on. If you're a five-star athlete, go to the college that's paying you the biggest bag, okay? The NIL deals are here now, the tradition guys. stuff. You know what the best tradition is? Getting paid for your worth. I'm just saying we have uh, – Philadelphia does have a star player coming from, out of Emotep, right on the corner from my mom's house, going to Kentucky. He's actually teaming up with two other five-star prospects. It's going to be huge, Chris. Like, this might be Kyle Parry's – we're going to talk about another pop, but this might be Kyle Parry's last year to really get it done because this roster is going to be deep. For Kentucky next season, it's going to be. Local. I can't wait for the, you know the talk about Rick Pitino going to St. John's. I might, I might go to St. John's. You know, they need a water boy. I can do that. I can pass out some water. I the college coach. ball talks, the offseason college ball talks, will be this the randomest segment we have, but it's going to be worth. No, it. it it will it will be real random because I won't be here, so <laughs> I'll <laughs> I won't be me. All right, the I, summer conversations that I'll have with our other the summer, the summer pause is going to be real crazy because I, I ain't going to be. Here. <laughs> so, th- um. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we're definitely going to do you know before the NFL draft we're going to do a, dra- a draft pod we're going to assemble the Avengers like we said we're going to talk about the NBA playoff preview we're definitely going to talk about that anything else that we need to talk about we'll definitely cover it but until then Jared as always we get straight to the point let's do it <laughs> <laughs>